Welcome to Your Cyber Path, the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job by sharing the secrets of experienced hiring managers and top cybersecurity professionals with you. Now, on to the show. Hey, everybody. Hi, welcome to Your Cyber Path. I'm Kip Boyle. Today, I'm here with Jason Dion and a guest, which we'll introduce our guest here in just a moment. Uh, last time, we started talking about something called security design principles. We introduced what those were, why we feel that they're important for you to know, no matter where you are in your cybersecurity uh, career, whether you're in the beginning, in the middle, or if you're a senior leader, you really need to know what these security design principles are. They're going to help you bring a whole other level of job performance uh, into your situation. And, uh, and that's what we want for you. We want you to absolutely kill it. Uh, and security design principles are going to help you. Now, uh, this episode is called Life of a, or Life as a Cybersecurity Student. And our guest is Sam Bodine, who is uh, sitting, uh, if you can see this, he's sitting right next to Jason in their office in Orlando. Uh, now, listen, uh, this security design principles uh, is going to be a series of episodes, but we're not going to just you know, plow right through them one to ten. We're going to actually go through them and uh, and then alternate with others with other subjects and other topics, kind of keep it fresh. So uh, we'll start unpacking the first principle uh, on our next show, and uh, and so hang on for that. But uh, before we get going, before we really introduce Sam, I just have to take a moment and say, Jason, how you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, overly busy for sure. That's that, that's for sure. We're currently finishing up four different courses right now. Beginning of the year is just a a rack stack tall list of tasks for us over here at Dion Training. Um, and and so that's been good. Uh, that's all kind of traditional production work as we're working on new certifications like Cloud Essentials Plus, Project Plus. Uh, we're working on an LPIC 1 course. Uh, we're working on a part two, one part two for that and um, working on a course with you uh, that's coming out called the Linux LPI Security Essentials is going to be basically this nice entry level to security for people who are like, hey, do I'm even am I even interested in the cybersecurity thing mm -hmm. before I go out and spend five hundred dollars on a security plus or you know a thousand dollars on a CISSP or something like that or going to college and getting a thirty forty thousand dollar master's degree? You should figure out before you do that. Do I like security? Right? And yeah. So security Essentials is all about. It's kind of like the you know kindergarten version of uh, security plus. And I don't mean to call it kindergarten version because it's like drawing with crayons. It's not that low, but I just mean there's a, there's a distinct difference, right? If we talk about all of security plus being, let's say a hundred percent, um, then we might be talking about this being 50%, right? Mm -hmm. Much easier, much more attainable thing. It's kinder, uh, gentler security plus. Kinder, right? It's like a kinder, bro. It's kind. <laughs> um, it's a kinder, gentler security plus. The questions are much more straightforward than the way security plus writes them. And the cost is much, much less. So uh, you know, instead of going and spending $392 to take Security Plus, which is what it cost in 2023, uh, you could take this for about 100 to $120, still show people you're serious about security and working your way up in your career. So I'm really excited about it. Uh, Kip and I are filming that course together. So it'll be a mixture of me and him. So if you like listening to us for hours on end, <laughs> great. Uh, and even if you don't, this still may be your fast path. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so that, that should be coming out in the next few weeks. And when it is, we'll definitely let all of our podcast listeners know about it. And if uh -huh. you're Kip's mentor notes, which you can get at yourcyberpath.com, completely free email list, we will announce it there as well when this course is uh, launched and it will be at the lowest rate the day we launch it. And then from there, Udemy starts moving prices up and down. So 
Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're trying to get you the first copies and get you the cheapest co- price on those copies. So that's, that's kind of what I've been working on. Uh, this has really been taking up a lot of my time. And at yeah. the same time, I know you've been working on something uh, for Accolade, which is a new certification exam provider. Do you want to yeah. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and I think the springboard for that, in part, is something you said a moment ago when you were describing the difference between LPI Security Essentials and Security Plus. You were mentioning the price points were very different. And on that basis, Jason came to me recently and he said, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at all these certification providers and I think they're getting a little bit too greedy, maybe. And I think that there's a whole other, you know, approach that can be taken. Uh, and, uh, and, and so he shared that with me. And part of it was, you know, was based on keeping things affordable. Uh, but also part of it was on addressing uh, areas that people have been asking for certifications in that just aren't being provided uh, on the open market right now. So kind of putting those two things together, along with a bunch of other stuff about, you know, how we want to how we want to deliver training, how we want to make sure people are set up for success. Uh, all of that is coming together in this new company that Jason and I formed. It's called Accolade. Uh, and we are we've got a whole roadmap right now of, of cybersecurity uh, certifications that we're going to be launching. And uh, we're going to uh, open it up. So there's going to be lots of training providers. We're not going to be the only training providers. We are going to be the certif- certification body, but uh, but we're going to open it up so that anybody who wants to, uh, you know, get people ready to take the certification exam, they'll be able to do that. Now, the first certification is called the Certified Cyber Resilience Fundamentals, and that's a knowledge-based certification, and it's mostly about the NIST cybersecurity framework and how you can use it in order to increase the cyber resilience of your organization. The next certification we're going to do after that is going to be called Certified Cyber Resilience Practitioner, which is really cool because we believe very strongly in skills-based certifications, and that's exactly what that one's going to be. It's going to be a very practical, how do you apply what you learned in the fundamental certification? Now, how do you go to work? How do you benefit your organization? How do you actually apply it to your organization and move the needle and get your organization to be more cyber resilient? So uh, I am, I think you can tell, I'm really excited to buy these certifications. I think they're going to really help people great work and it's going to help. I mean, dare I say it in my, in my Boy Scout, uh, you know, sort of frame of mind, it's going to strengthen our online community and it's going to make uh, us more cyber uh, attack resistant. And when we do get attacked, you know, we're going to do a much better job of resisting utter uh, catastrophe because we're going to be more resilient. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I just think in terms of having impact on the world, I love that. I think it's I think it's a, a great way to spend uh, to spend our time at work. OK, so having said all that, Jason, did you want to add anything else to, about Accolade or, or did I just talk the hell out of that one? No, I think you did a great introduction. Uh, the one thing I will say is, you know, Accolade is being started from the ground up. So uh, just like think back to CupTIA in the early 90s, that's where we are. Um, and we have a lot of benefits over some of the bigger providers, right? By being small, we are very nimble and we can work into different areas of uh, coverage that some of the bigger providers don't. So I'll give you a great example of that. The first one we're doing is the NIST cybersecurity framework, right? Um, that thing's been out since 2015. And yeah, there's an objective here in CYSA plus, and there may be like a little discussion in CAS plus, but there's not really a course uh, or a uh, or a certification exam that says, hey, I am certified to be a part of a NIST <laughs> team 
for us to be able to do these assessments and be a consultant, right? Or, hey, I am the consultant. I can come in and fix your company, right? And that's the mm -hmm. work that does on a daily basis with cyber risk opportunities. So as we start looking around the marketplace, we start trying to say, where are the areas that we can go after? And as Kip said, our goal is to keep these things very affordable. We're talking 100 to $150 at the foundation level, maybe 150 to $200 at the practitioner level. Um, our whole goal in building this is to do it. Um, I don't want to say we're trying to do it cheap because we're not. We're doing it world class, but right. we are keeping our costs down and we are really bootstrapping this to make sure that we can pass the savings on to our students. Um, I work with a lot of companies, as people know. I work with CompTIA. I work with LPI. I work with PeopleCert. And most of these organizations have, you know, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand, ten thousand employees trying to do this work. Um, and because of that, they have, you know, one thousand, two thousand, five thousand, or ten thousand salaries to pay. And I could tell you, somebody who has a team of less than twenty-five, uh, labor is expensive, right? Um, for my team of twenty-five people, it's a million dollars a year. And so we start looking at some of these certifications and going, why are they charging a thousand dollars for this one certification? Well, because it costs them a ton to build and the higher up that certification is, the less students need it. So we expect to see, you know, 100% of our fundamental people, uh, maybe only 50% or 20% are going to go to the practitioner level. And that's pretty typical. And the more you go higher, the, the more people drop off. And so when we build these, we have to build them so that they are affordable to make, affordable to take, and are something that are valuable to you. The last thing I would say about this is you are going to hear from us when it's ready to go into the beta. Uh, we're going to be looking for beta testers to go through it. We're right now we are in the job task analysis process for the first one. We've got our SMEs together. They're working on that this week and next week. Uh, then we go into the question writing. And then about a month later, we'll be ready to start doing betas to figure out what the cut score is, what's going to be a pass, what's going to be a fail, have people go through the first initial exams and get all the psychometrically valid data because we've got learning and design folks helping us with this. Uh, it's not just Jason decided, I want to make a cert. I made a practice exam. Take the practice exam and you're going to be certified. We're going through the full rigmarole so that this is an industry-wide recognized certification. Right. All the ones from Accolade are. So you're going to yep. see that as we go forward. Um, and, and, you know, our goal is basically in the next five years, as you start looking on people's resumes or you look at people's jobs postings, they're going to be saying, just like recommended Security Plus, I want to start seeing people say recommended Accolade Certified Cyber Resilience Fundamentals or CCRF. Um, yep. Whatever those things are for that role. And right now we've already planned out the first six certifications. There are three different paths. The first one we're working with is the NIST Cybersecurity Framework. Um, and if you're not familiar with the NIST Cybersecurity Framework, um, go back. We had an episode on it <laughs> where we went in and we, and we talked all about it. Or you, uh, Kip and I do have a Udemy course on that that covers all of the outline of the NIST Cybersecurity Framework. And lots of that is going to be in this certification, as well as some additional information that we're working on. There will be a textbook associated with this as well at release. And that's the other project I'm working on right now. So as I said earlier, big stack of projects and uh, trying to get through them as quickly as possible to give everybody their attention. But yeah, it's you know, that, that's good for us to, to talk on Accolade and start talking about yeah. what we're here to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for bearing with us. But, uh, you know, Jason's, uh, Jason's organization is just like this knowledge factory. And, uh, you know, it, it's just it's fantastic. Just all the stuff that's going on over there. OK, Sam. Hi. Thanks for being so patient. You're mm -hmm. our guest. We totally monopolized the first uh, first bit here. But. Uh, Sam, if I understand, you're a sophomore at Liberty University, which is in Lynchburg, Virginia. Thank you so much for being our guest. Welcome to the show. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Yeah, we are too. We haven't had anybody on the show uh, bringing, bringing the perspective of what does it mean to be a student these days. And you're an undergraduate student, right? So, uh, so you're kind of early in your cyber path, right? Um, but it seems like from the conversations we've had before we started 
uh, making the episode today that you've got a very clear vision for yourself and that you're already doing a lot of things to help make your your vision as a cybersecurity professional uh, materialize for you. Uh, like what's what's something that you're uh, uh, that you're that you're doing right now outside of the classroom that that, you, you know, is you feel is really helping you get ready? Well, first, thanks for, for mentioning that, like, I, I have a goal and it's clear, right? I, I really love um, the book Seven Habits for Highly Effective People. And, and he talks about beginning with the end in mind, mm-hmm. I think especially like for I mean, for anyone coming into uh, sort of cybersecurity realm, like you have to think what what your end goal is. Um, and there are episodes, great episodes on you know, job descriptions and, and what you might want to do. And I recommend going back and listening to those. But thinking of that first of like, what's the direction? And then how can I get there? Looking at, like Jason was saying, looking at the descriptions and saying, oh, they want the security plus. This other job that I also want, they also want the security plus. Oh, and then you start noticing a pattern of, of um, yeah, what to, what to work on. Um, but yeah, I, outside of class, um, that's where most, you know, actual uh, productive learning happens. <laughs> Don't let your professors listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> There's a, a lot of value for sure in a degree, and um, we can talk about that later, perhaps. But it's that outside stuff that you do. Yeah. So, so you told us several different things you're doing. The thing that kind of caught my eye was, uh, so, uh, you you told us you're the, you're the captain of one of the top ten collegiate cyber defense teams in the nation. And I got to tell you, when I went through uh, when I went through college, there was no such thing. Like this, this well, wasn't happening. College were there computers though? <laughs> uh, <laughs> barely. There were barely computers. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I couldn't resist. <laughs> I got to tell, tell you a quick story. So way in the way back in the dark recesses of my university, there was an old computer, really old, fully depreciated computer. And I knew a guy who programmed it. And I'm not kidding you. He used punch cards. Believe it or not, he actually had punch cards and he showed me how it worked. And this practically steam powered computer i i mean i've never seen one since but it was just like wow okay anyway so tell us about what does it mean to be on a cyber defense team as a student sure yeah so we've advanced a little bit since punch cards and now we have there are competitions that that a lot of colleges will do um that simulate a a business environment like the competition is super fun it's several hours long and you have a set of computers maybe 20 30 systems that you're defending and that high, they hire some of the best industry hackers to hack you actively. Mm-hmm. And they have to defend against that. Um, so it gives you like a lot of what would be you know possibly drawn out security, just pass it all in in one very intense like there. Um, yeah. Okay. So that reminds me of when I went to DEF CON, right? They have they have a big capture the flag competition at DEF CON. It kind of sounds like that, but uh, but it sounds like it maybe smells a little bit better mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit more well lit. So that's yeah. good. More, more realistic, perhaps. Too. Yeah, the, the other thing, you know, I've done both. I've gone to DEF CON and I've watched the Liberty team play when they came out to Maryland when I was living out there. And um, it, it, it is really interesting because usually they're hosted at some large university. In this case, it was at John Hopkins University. And there's about 15 or 20 teams there, basically almost like, you know, football tournament trying to get down to the last one who's going to be winning. And they're all yeah. at different tables and they're all hacking and defending. And, and depending on how it's done, it's either everybody's defending against a series of hackers or they start breaking up the team and say, okay, you guys are the hackers and you guys are the defenders. And then they have them go against each other and see who comes out on top. But it's so kind it, of it a weird spectators. Fun. It's kind of a weird spectator sport, right? Because you can't actually see the, you know, the bits flying around in the network. And right. So it's kind of like yeah. you're watching the scoreboard. 
or maybe you know you peek over somebody's shoulder. Uh, but it's kind of a it's kind of a detached experience as a as a uh, spectator. But uh, it is, really isn't a, a big spectator sport. I think there was about ten of us there that were like rooting on the teams, and most of those were like people who are associated with the college uh, or you know friends and family and things like that. I, I don't think Kip's going to get on a plane and fly across the country to go watch a cut to the flag, right? Well, but there, it, it, but it's interesting because we have we have esports, right? We have esports these days, right? We have Twitch, we have people streaming video game play all the time. And uh, anyway, so I just wanted to point out that it's not quite the same, right? Watching watching a capture of the flag versus you know like an esports or something like that. But in any event, I really love it. I love and I kind of wish that I had had that available to me absolutely would have would have joined in and, and and worked because as you said sam it 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 really approximates the you know the real world blue team experience as as much as it can be in artificial circumstances and so i would encourage anybody to uh you know to do that to work on uh you know capture the flag cyber defense teams especially if you're in college i mean what a great opportunity that is um Okay, so let's let's unpack a little bit about uh, what does it mean to be a cybersecurity student these days uh, beyond you know the extracurricular uh, activities. But um, you know, tell us a little bit about what's it like uh, in class. Like, what kinds of things are you studying, and uh, and and uh, you know, what really stands out to you? Sure. Well, of course, it depends a lot on on your curriculum and where you're at in college. Um, but the classes are are good. Of course, they're very valuable. You have the benefit of having a, a professor there in person, which is nice um, that you can ask questions with and develop a relationship with. Um, yeah, so it's a lot of, it's really just classes, extracurriculars, stuff like that. One beautiful benefit of a university that I don't think was uh, talked about in the value of university degree episode, great episode, episode 75, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, good listen, but I think there's something y'all missed. And I was, All right. the benefit of networking in college is something that you can't get from self-study at all. Yeah. Wait like, a minute, I can spin up a virtual network in AWS anytime <laughs> I want. What are you talking about? <laughs> Social networking. <laughs> oh, well, that's just Facebook. Come on, Sam. I don't No, yeah. No, the in-person connection is just, you can't beat it, of course. I, ah, okay. <laughs> I like to say, I get it. in high school, if you're, if you're friends with your teacher, then you're a teacher's pet. But in college, if you're friendship with your professor, then you become uh, employed. <laughs> mm. um, so there's there's a lot of benefit to to being in that environment. Um, so if you can, of course, cost matters uh, if you can go to college or not. But yep. um, if you can, it's super helpful in that aspect. I, yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And you know, uh, just just going into that point for a moment, we we don't talk. I don't think we talked about it in the episode, but we did talk about it in our hired course, uh, which is you know coming out soon on Udemy. There's a new course that Kip and I are developing called Irresistible: How to Make Yourself Irresistible to Hiring Managers. And one of the things we talk about later on in the course is this concept of, you know, where can you find connections that are going to carry you through in life? And, and one of the things I, I tell people is, yes, college is one of those, and college is a great place for that. And most of the time, what you learn in college isn't the actual book material, because anyone can go on YouTube, Khan Academy, uh, get a book from the library, you know, get your Kindle out, and you can learn this information. You don't need to hear it from a professor staying at the front of the room telling you exactly what to do. And I've been that professor, so I get it. Um, and one of the ways that, that uh, we are connected between Sam and I is I used to be a professor at Liberty. He goes to Liberty now. Um, we didn't know each other at the time because I've left Liberty since then. And now he's, he's there. But I left a couple of years before he got there. But the, the, the point in all that is that, you know, there are multiple ways to do this, right? And, you know, Sam had mentioned you may not be able to afford to go to college because college has gotten stupid expensive, right? Um, I know you had uh, a child who just recently finished college and, 
I'm sure that set you back, you know, fifty or a hundred thousand dollars for for that university degree that she has. Um, so, so I think that's an issue. Um, and you know, my kids are about to go off to college, so I'm I'm facing down the barrel of that gun as well. Um, but there's another option, right? And it's the option I took. And Kip, I believe you took the same option, which is you can go to the military, right? Uh, if you go to the military, um, they're going to pay for your education, and you're also going to get a lot of that networking, uh, that human in-person networking, uh, because you never know who is going to be where later on. Mm-hmm. Right. These people yep. you meet in this four year time in your in college or four years in the military, they go off and do a lot of other things, you know, the next five, 10, 15 years. Uh, for example, one of the folks I used to work with in the military, he's actually the CISO over here in Orlando of the Adventist healthcare system. There's a huge hospital chain across, I think, 40 plus states that he's responsible for all of their cybersecurity. Right. Um, and he and I worked together doing essentially the same job 10 years ago. And I stayed in the military for a little longer and he went off and retired and did this. And that's where he is now. And so when I was coming out of the military, it would have been really easy for me to call him up and go, Hey buddy. Uh, yeah, you remember me? I need a job. I assume you're hiring and I would go right to the top of the pile because he knows me, likes me, trusts me, worked with me previously. Right. So those things happen a lot. And and I know we talk about that a lot in the irresistible course too. And then, and then the third area, you know, if you don't want to go military because either not your thing or you're medically not able to because there are people who are not medically able to or you can't afford to go to college you know the third thing you can do is a lot of these what i call extracurricular activities and it's things like cyber patriot it's volunteering with high schools and colleges to be a part of their programs and being in and around that because that will also get this uh you know networking and you'll meet yeah if uh, kip and i both decide to uh, mentor one of the cyber patriot teams uh, we're going to meet each other that way right and now we can talk about something in common cyber patriot and cyber defense and cyber attack and then maybe that builds into a friendship or a job offer or something else. Absolutely. When I left the military, every job I got after the military was not because I was a master of resume writing or because I was great at, uh, you know, applying for jobs online or whatever. It was all because I knew somebody who needed help and I could help them. And so they invited me to come on board. And I only submitted job applications and resumes after. I had been offered the job, you know, it's just sort of like, hey, let's clean up the paperwork trail and, you know, make sure every, you know, make this whole thing legit. Make sure um, you're hired on board. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's get those paychecks running. Uh, but, you know, I, I really just I look back and it, it's so it's just so powerful because almost every job I had was just amazing. And I never really got exploited. I never really felt like I was being taken advantage of. Uh, because I, you know, I just had these relationships and people honored those, those relationships. And, uh, and, and I've, I've done the same thing. Uh, there was a college roommate I had and he and I've been working together for years. Uh, sometimes, uh, he's my boss. Sometimes I'm his boss. You know, we kind of go back and forth, but, um, it's, it's just fantastic. So Sam, you're absolutely correct. You know, you have to, you know, for your own benefit, you really need to, you know, make friends with people. And why not start early in your life when you're in college and uh, and just keep building. And by the way, these are loose connections. We're not saying you got to have, you know, 50 BFFs here, right? We're just talking about loose connections. People, you know, who recognize you, who know you, like you and trust you. They don't have to know your deep, dark secrets. And you don't have to, you know, hold each other's hair while you throw up after you've had some beers. Right. It doesn't have to be that deep. Okay. So, Sam, point point well taken. Uh Let's talk I, about internships. Can we do that? Uh, before we do that, sure. Yeah, quick, right? I have a quick story time about about connections that. All right. Um, I you know there are probably some people because I've felt this way before. Like 
but Jason, but Kip, I don't have many connections. Like I just like I haven't. I'm not in this industry yet. What am I supposed to do? And I and I would say like just go try. Like go go be creative with the way that you like be intentional about making connections. Um, I was really hoping to get an internship with uh, Lockheed Martin specifically this summer, and I have zero connections with anyone at Lockheed Martin, pretty much. Um, but I last over winter break, I put on a suit, got my resume, and I walked into Lockheed Martin <laughs> and. Uh, um, said hi to security guard and like, and then made connections through there. And then I was just offered the job last week. And so you can, you can really like just be creative, think outside the box a little bit and like be intentional about it. You can, you can make your own connections with. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, Sam, you're probably like a Gen Z, right? Is, would so. you put yourself in that cohort? Okay. Uh, that's not a very Gen Z thing to do that <laughs> you just recommended. Okay. So I don't know how realistic that is. I mean, really, <laughs> but, uh, but you know what? Congratulations and good for you for doing that. Um, now that we're sort of post quarantine, post pandemic, mm -hmm. and we can actually go places again, um, why not do that? Why not do that? People who scattershot applications, mm -hmm. right? Like I filled out 500 applications and I didn't get a word back. Well, okay, you're, you know, because you're targeting, you know, right? You're not trying to build relationships with people, you're just trying to have a transaction. And that's just not going to get you where you want to go. So I love the fact that you actually went there and you tried to act like a human being talking to other human beings. Wow. And, and, <laughs> you know, Kip, it doesn't surprise me that Sam did that. Uh, I had not heard that story yet because uh, we actually just met in person about 20 minutes ago <laughs> when he showed up in my office. Uh, but, you know, the, the first interaction I had with Sam was actually a couple of weeks ago. He emailed me and said, uh, you know, hey, you know, Jason, I really like what you guys have been doing with the Your Start Path podcast. In episode 54, Jason, you said this. I'm a big fan of trying new things and seeing what resonates with the audience and with our students. We want to talk things that are all about, that are relevant to our listeners. What does an average day look like for a CISO or an analyst and things like that? That was our episode 54 when I joined the show with you, Kip, and yep. kind of just started our season two of the Kip and Jason show instead of just being the Kip and Wes show. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, which what, was a great season, by the way, <laughs> which was a great season and worth listening to. Right. Uh, but that, you know, and then his email continued, uh, with, you know, Hey, how about a student? Uh, you have a great insight. They have, a, you have a lot of great insight for entry level professionals, but I haven't really heard from a student yet. And then he went on to pitch himself. Right. And there's a couple of things I thought were really well done here. Right. One is, uh, you know, he found our email and then emailed us in. Right. And that went directly to my email. So it wasn't even just the you know, the Ask Kip page on, on your cyber path. Right. Personal email it and reach out to me. So he did a little cyber sleuthing there. And that was good because it got into my inbox. I learned that. I uh, learned that from one of Jason's Udemy courses. <laughs> so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's like, let's see All how right. I, I email, right? Uh, and so he did that, right? And then his email wasn't just a big wall of text, right? He paragraphed it right. He bolded certain things. He, he italicized certain things. So, you know, Kip, I know you're a CEO like I am. I get hundreds of emails a day, right? And when this one yep. came out, huh, this one's different. Let me actually look and see what's being asked. And it got me to do a double take, right? And, and, and so very young guy, but he already kind of knows how to grab people's attention, even by email without any direct connection already. And so it really doesn't surprise me that you put on a suit, went to Lockheed Martin's like, hey, I'm here. I'm ready to start. Give me a job. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, sometimes being bold is what, what gets you the job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so you said you wanted an internship, Sam, at Lockheed Martin, and you said you got hired. Is that what you're saying? Is that you did, in fact, score an internship? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. I, I Congratulations. Before and didn't hear anything, so I like went in person to talk about it. Now, how did you know where to go? I mean, Lockheed is an enormous company. I just I applied to a certain city in in Alabama and and went to that 
that place. Um, was lucky that they didn't have a gate and they didn't lock me out. <laughs> ah, okay, cool. That's 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 amazing. But why did you want an internship? I mean, that seems like a hassle, to be honest with you. I mean, it gets in the way of you know playing games and having fun. Why 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 do an internship? Yeah, I don't know. You do if you have an internship, you, you party less, I guess. <laughs> um, no, it's it's super helpful, especially for. Uh, I mean, a lot of the episodes you can see that it's difficult to get an entry level job in cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I'm glad that you guys have this this whole podcast because it, it's very helpful, but it's still tough. Um, and internships are, they like greatly increase your chances of getting hired uh, full time. Um, have, so, have we done an episode on internships yet, Jason? I, I'm not sure we've done a focused episode on it. Yeah, I was going to say, I know we've mentioned them many, many times, but I don't think we've done one just on here's what internships are. Here's how you can get one. Here's some. Okay, maybe maybe we should. A list. Maybe, yeah, I think we should. But. You know, Sam, you said something that I think you need to unpack a little bit, which is you said getting an internship can help you get into a full-time cybersecurity job. But why do you believe that? Yeah, I've, well, I've seen it. I've been offered in my last internship a full-time job. Um, ah. I see it very commonly. Like It's actually, I would say, fairly rare if you do a good job at your internship to not be asked to be, to, to be full-time. Right. Um, it offers a chance for you to try the company out and for the company to try you out, right? Um, yeah. It's super useful, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I'll speak that for a minute. So, internships are super, super valuable. Uh, in fact, the DOD, uh, the Department of Defense, has realized this. And as of 2020, there's a new program called the DOD SkillBridge Program, which is essentially an internship. And the way it works is, for the last three to six months of that person's military service, instead of going into their uniform and going to base every day, they put on a suit and tie and they go work for some third-party company. Uh, we've actually had several SkillBridge interns in our company. And part of that program is the government wants to, A, make sure these people have skills that are employable and we can you know, kind of sand down some of the rough edges of being a, a sailor, soldier, airman, or Marine and make them a, a business person that can survive in the business world. Because there are some things we talk about in the military world that we wouldn't talk about in the civilian, mm-hmm. right? People have potty mouths and curse like a sailor and all that, right? So there's that part of it, right? And for the the employer side, what's in it for us is that we basically get somebody for three to six months of, quote, free labor. And during that time, it's really a six-month job interview. Um, You know, if anybody who's watching has seen my Linux Plus course, uh, where it's me and Jamario Kelly, or my Data Plus course, which is me and Reed Bidgood, both of those folks came to us through the SkillBridge program. Uh, They came to us back in early 2021. Uh, We picked them up under the SkillBridge program, which meant that while they worked for me for six months, I, as the company, actually wasn't paying them. In fact, I wasn't allowed to pay them. They weren't allowed to get bonuses, profit share, nothing. And during that six months, and then as soon as they were done, we were able to offer them a job and bring them on board full time, which is what we did. So these guys, one of them was an Air Force officer, one was an Air Force enlisted, and both of them are now on my team full time, W-2 employees, doing great work, been with me for over a year, almost you know, almost a year and a half, two years at this point. Um, and, and it's a great program when it works. The biggest problem with internships is some internships are designed to be very short period in length with no expectation of hiring. And some are designed to be, you know, a shorter or mid duration length with a guarantee or possible job at the end. Uh, and we've participated in both of them. Last summer, we had three different internships going. We had the DOD skill bridge where we had those, uh, we had three folks, uh, Jamario Reed, and the third one was Enrique, who was a, a full stack developer. And we took him from being a police officer uh, a Navy police officer, which we call MPs, uh, Master at Arms or, or Military Police. And we trained him up how to be a full stack developer. And he's still here today. And he's one of our junior devs on the team and he's loving his life, right? Um, so these things can help you get from one sector to another. 
The second group we were doing was a bunch of high school students in a, a there's a tech high school here in Orlando called Crooms, C-R-O-O-M, uh, C-R-O-O-M-S, excuse me. And Crooms um, does these internship programs every year. And we went in there and said, hey, here's the jobs we have. We're looking for video editors. We're looking for office assistants. We're looking for people who can do captioning and script writing and things like that. And we had five of them come and join our team as well. And they work side by side with the rest of my team. And then the third one we had was one that's actually put on by the city of Orange County, which is where our office is. And they have what's a, called a paid internship program. Um, in that one, we gave them job descriptions. They found us high school candidates. They paid their salary. We got free free labor. And the students got a five-week hands-on lesson of what is it like to work in video production, in education, in e-marketing, and e-sales. And so it was valuable for everybody. And each one is set up a little bit differently, right? The skill bridge, they really want you to hopefully hire the guy at the end of the job. Mm-hmm. First, at the end of the job, uh, the interview. Uh, with the internships from the high school, they really are focused on you're here for three to eight weeks during the summer. We want them to get skills. And next summer, they may come back to you. They may go somewhere else. But most of these people are sophomores, juniors, or seniors in high school. So we're talking about 15, 16, 17, maybe 18-year-olds. They're not looking for full-time employment. They're just trying to get skills. And all three of these are beneficial because it now starts that clock on your resume of saying, look, at 16 to 17, over the summer, instead of going to the beach every day or going to Universal, because we do live in Orlando, uh, <laughs> I'm not rolling, riding roller coasters every day. I'm actually going to this office and I'm doing valuable work that matters. And they're able to put that on the resume and that helps them get into the real job later on that they're looking for. Yeah. Uh, as a hiring manager, I, I will just simply say, ditto, I really enjoy having interns. I love the try it before you buy it. And quite frankly, uh, even if they don't convert into being a member of our team, I really get a lot of satisfaction in investing in, in somebody who is uh, wanting to do well, wanting to contribute, wanting to have, make a positive impact. It's good for our, our community, our online community. It's good, it's good for our information security community. And, uh, you know, it's just, it feels good to contribute. I love it. So, um, okay. And, and, now, and as- the thing I'd say on that is for any of our business owners out there, anybody who's in leadership, so I know we do have several, uh, look into your community because your community may have these paid internship programs that you can use and leverage with high schools and the other people in the area. Uh, look at the DOD Skillbridge program if you're looking for older folks. Uh, and when I say older, I'm talking most of the Skillbridge people I've had are, I don't know, 28 to 38. It, it's not like I'm talking, you know, 90-year-old people here. They're, they're, they're just ready for their second career because they've done four to eight years in the military and they're ready to get out or um, they might've done 20 years in the military and they're ready to get out. At that point, they're still only 40 years old, right? Because most people yep. are 18, 19 years old. So they're not old people, right? Uh, but, but it is something you want to look at. Um, with SkillBridge, it's a fully paid program. The DOD pays their salary for the six months. With some of the other internships you do, you'll either pay them or the county will pay their salary for you. In our case, with our high school two programs, one is we are actually paying them and the other one, uh, the county is paying them. And so it's just a, a difference uh, there in the way they set it up. So internships, we are definitely bullish on internships. We're going to do a dedicated episode on internships in the future. So as we wrap up our episode here, uh, Sam, you were talking about uh, the last thing I think we should focus on is uh, the trifecta of cybersecurity education. What is that? Sure. So that's a copyrighted by Sam Bodine. Um <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'd say there's a lot of different ways to learn cybersecurity, of course. Um, there's like certifications, there's CPFs, there's jobs, there's different ways to do it. And if you only focus on one or two of them, I think your, your education will be incomplete. Um, 
Certifications, I love certifications, probably some of the, the best. Like you have really good structured learning that you can, then you have a piece of paper that says, okay, I actually know this topic. Um, and so it's, it's uh, not just like bits and pieces, but you really know something. But then sometimes that can lack the, you know, the hands-on, okay, I'm actually doing this now. I love the, I, I hadn't heard about it until at the beginning of the episode, but the accolade, um, the way it's, it's fundamentals, more theory-based, I assume, and knowledge, and then you move into practitioner role. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Having that balance is critical, I think. Um, so I'd say the trifecta, I would, I would say, is one, certifications um, to get like a, a theory, like knowledge base understanding. Um, and then two, also like hands-on training. Um, this can be like tryhackme.com or hack the box. Um, both of these are ways to actually get hands-on to where you, you actually learn um, and you, you apply what you're, what you're learning. Um, and then third, I would say, is like job or competition experience. I wouldn't count a CTF in this because a CTF is too, um, maybe like spotty. It's a little too spotty with um, what you're learning, but real job experience then takes the knowledge, the, the theory. It takes what you've applied and what you've learned hands-on, and then you apply it to what does this actually look like in the business world. And mm-hmm. if you have all three of those together, I think that can give you a really holistic um, understanding and, of uh, cybersecurity. Yeah, definitely. You know, it, it reminds me a lot of our three-legged stool that we talk about in the Hired and Irresistible yeah. course. And we talk about the three-legged stool. We always talk about certifications, which is his first number one as well. Uh, we talk about degrees, which he didn't put in there, but that's kind of our second leg. And then the third one we have is experience. And his other two legs are really talking about gaining experience, right? Mm-hmm. Hands-on training in, in a lab environment or getting a job or doing competitions to, to gain experience. And, and I agree with what you're saying with the CTFs. There are some CTFs that are really big ones. And they're really focused on red team versus blue team. And so if you're like, I want to be a pen tester, go play on the red side. If you want to be a cybersecurity analyst, play on the blue side. Then there's other CTFs where it's like, okay, here's a VM. It's vulnerable. Go in, find a flag, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, you're going to learn the skills, but it's not lifelike experience like it would be if you're doing a a full-on capital flag. Well, uh, we can't complain about uh, either way you want to say it. You want to do it, the the three-legged stool, the trifecta. I think the big takeaway for me is just this idea that don't just think, well, if I get the right certifications, you know, that's going to do it. Or if I have the right degree, that's going to do it. Um, Or if I just, you know, tinker around with my home lab, that's going to do it. Uh, What we're really saying here is that you've got to have more than one pillar to how you prepare yourself. And uh, and here on the Your Cyber Path podcast. We're absolutely trying to bring as much of that to you as, as possibly can and trying to get you pointed in the right direction so you can actually create your own three-legged stool, whatever, you know, whatever makes sense for you based on how, uh, where you want to go. Uh, so, um, so that's fantastic. Thank you, Sam, uh, very much. Um, and as I said, as we wrap up this episode here, um, let's not unpack anything new, uh, but I want to thank Sam for, uh, for offering to be on the show to tell us about what does it mean these days to be a student learning cybersecurity at the undergraduate level, I found it eye-opening and was restored my faith in uh, a whole generation of people who are afraid of the telephone. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you know, I would say the one thing that just really uh, shocked me when I, when I met Sam uh, virtually and then again today for the first time at the office uh, is just his willingness to go someplace and be there in person. Um, so many people in, you know, who are under 25 would rather get on a zoom, make a phone call, send a letter or an email, not a letter, but an email, right. Uh, yep. Message or something like that. And, and yes, you know, Sam still does all those things too. Right. But, 
what I think really made him different is just like the story with Lockheed Martin, right? He got in his suit, he drove down there and, and, and tried to get in the building, right? And it wasn't a close drive either. Uh, he said he, uh, the one he applied to was in Alabama. His school is up in Western uh, Virginia, I, Western Virginia, not West Virginia, uh, in Lynchburg, Tennessee. And I know that because I've been there several times. Uh, and even from DC where I lived, it was a six to eight hour drive. Uh, right now I'm in Florida. And you know, he had asked me, hey, you know, if we're going to do this episode, I was like, yeah, we'll just do it over Zoom. No problem. He's like, no, no, no. I'd like to come to your office and do it live. And I'm like, uh, if you want to, you can, I guess, but you, you're like a 16 hour drive from here. He's like, no, no, it's cool. I'll, I'll get a plane ticket. You know, I'll, I'll get a hotel, stay overnight. Uh, you know, I want to come down and, and do it live with you. I think I'll get better experience out of it. And, you know, then I can pick your brain a little bit more through the day. I'm like, you know what? If you're willing to fly down here, you can have my brain for the rest of the day. It's not a problem. So yeah. as soon as we're done with this, uh, I've got another live stream I got to jump onto. And then Sam and I are going to go to lunch locally at some great restaurants and uh, he'll get to pick my brain offline a little bit more. Um, but don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to show up because how many other people are there knocking on Rocky and Martin's door going, hey, will you give me an internship? Probably very, very few, right? And so I think that takes you from this stack of a thousand people who may have been considered to like, oh, this guy really wants it. And they're either going to go, this guy really wants it and we want him, or this guy's crazy, throw him out of the building, right? I'm not sure which, but but <laughs> one of these both. two is going to happen. And sometimes it's both, right? <laughs> um, but I think it just really increases your chances because you're doing something that is so unusual. Um, so I, I think that is is a really good point. So yeah, with that said, uh, I want to again, thank Sam for being here uh, locally it, here in person with me here in Orlando. Hopefully he gets to go visit Mickey while he's in town too, before he flies. Again. Uh, Kip, I want to thank you for staying at home and Zooming because apparently you're not as dedicated as young <laughs> Sam here oh, and you decided to do to Zoom in from from uh, over in Seattle. I get it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it is kind of a strange thing, right? Because like you and I have been working together for two, three years now, Kip, right? And we've been in the same room, I think, less than five times. Uh, but we do most of our work remotely because you're on the West Coast, I'm on the East Coast, and that just makes it happen, right? Um, yep. And so you can't have these long distance business relationships. You can have remote work, you can have remote internships, all those things work. But sometimes being there, is just puts you on a different level. Uh, Kip, do you have anything to add to that before I close out the episode? Uh, listen, I just, uh, I just want to reaffirm the value of human relationships, whether you know they're in person or whether they are uh, distant, you know, like we're doing right now, uh, just put your focus on people. I think that's, that's going to give you a much better return on your investment. Yeah. And just to, uh, tease you all for the next episode, the next episode, we are going to go back to our design principles and we're going to start with the first design principle, which is least privilege. And then after that, we've got an awesome episode coming up on artificial intelligence technologies and why these matter to you as somebody who is looking for a job, building your resume, doing interview questions and all that kind of stuff. So we'll be talking about ChatGPT. We'll be talking about Google's Bard. We'll be talking about the AI-powered Bing. Uh, we'll be talking about other AI tools that I think you should know about. And then what are the dangers with this and how it's affecting the hiring process? So it's going to be an episode you don't want to miss. That will be episode 97, which comes right after 96, which will be our uh, secure design principle of least privilege. So that being said, I want to once again thank Kip for being here with me. Thank Sam for flying all the way down here to Orlando to hang out with me and Mickey. And uh, <laughs> nobody ever comes to Orlando without seeing Mickey, right? I mean, it's the way it is. And uh, thank you, the audience, for, for joining us for yet another uh, episode of Your Sire Path. Uh, let us know what you guys think about the episode. You can always go to yoursirepath.com slash ask and leave us a message. Uh, I did notice I have three or four of those messages, so we will probably uh, grab those and get some audio responses done sometime this week and pop those into the feed as just mini episodes that are unmarked episodes, kind of bonuses. 
Um, so if you want your question answered, uh, please post it at yoursorrypath.com slash ask. And if you want to follow us and get more information about the new accolade certification, about our new courses that are coming out, about uh, just great tips and tricks and, and, and wonderful things you can use in your daily life, uh, you definitely want to be subscribed to Kip's Mentor Notes. And you do that at yourcyberpath.com right on the front page. Just give us your first name and your email. Uh, we will then make sure you're added to the list. We don't spam you. We send out messages about once every two weeks. So if you sign up, the frequency is going to be about twice a month, sometimes three times a month, but generally it's twice a month. We're not going to overflow your inbox. We're not going to sell your information to anybody else. Only Kip and I will be using that information to communicate to you. So I do hope you join us. And if you have any other questions, we'll be online at yourcyberpath.com. Thanks and see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Your Cyber Path. Don't miss an episode. Press the subscribe button now. If you would like to learn more about how to get your dream cybersecurity job, then be sure to visit yourcyberpath.com, where you can access the show notes, search the archive of our top tips and tricks, and discover some fantastic bonus content. 